Hello and welcome and a fine Friday morning to you. I'm Jason Mackey alongside Michael McHenry, and this is Pitching In on the Post-Gazette Sports Podcast, YouTube, all that stuff, network, um, a lot of multimedia coming your way. But hey, there's not a ton to talk about with baseball, but you know what? Fort and I were just going back and forth for about 10 minutes before recording this thing, and we've come up with stuff to talk about. And so I'm pretty eager for this show. Fort, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, and I think it's really funny when I'm sitting here looking at this, Mackie. You're like 12 feet taller than me. and I'm 12 feet I, taller than you in person, too. I know, exactly. And I kind of <laughs> had it. Like, it was actual reality. And I was like, I need to be a little taller here. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I was just sitting over here kind of laughing in my head. And I started moving the camera around, giving it some yep. special effects. But, yeah, we we can always talk baseball. I mean, there's always something. It's just, yeah. is it interesting? You know, sometimes it's interesting to us, maybe not to everybody else. <laughs> well, I don't really care about any of them. I there care you about go. us and the conversation that we're going to have. Yeah, that's um, the Yenzer in you, I think, right there. No, that's the Grateful like Dead in me. That's the Grateful oh. Dead in me. It's like, you know, they cared about their audience, but they didn't care about their audience. Um, that's why they loved know, them. We're gonna we're gonna play what we want to play and do what we want to do. And no, I, I don't mean that in like a, a, a nose up in the air kind of way. It's just like <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about baseball and hopefully y'all okay. find it entertaining. If not, we still we entertain ourselves. So <laughs> anyway, um, there's a lot to get into. Uh, believe it or not, some of the stuff we're gonna talk about here, um, Miguel and Duhar. Um, what's his future with the Pirates? What did we see this past season? Um, I'm intrigued by it. And Fort and I are going to debate that a little bit. Um, I want to get into the offseason a little bit, just being a weird time of year. Fort, we've got some news also. Key Brian Hayes, um, not really a surprise, but the Fielding Bible Defensive Player of the Year. Congrats to him. Um, can't say, again, I'm the least bit surprised. We're going to look at some of the uh, playoff teams and what has happened, go from 100 losses in 2021, the way the Rangers, the Diamondbacks did, to where we're at right now. I think there are some interesting parallels there, and I think it says something really fascinating about the Pirates, and we'll get into that. But first and foremost, Fort, we have a birthday on our hands, mm -hmm. um, a very important birthday for a very important woman. You celebrated it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Jackie McHenry, 29 years young. I love it. Yeah, she is 29. At least she looks at maybe even younger. But yeah, yeah. we didn't go to Waffle House. I, I know you're disappointed, <laughs> but we did not I, go to Waffle House. Um, but dude, we did I have did a look day. at your Twitter thinking like, dear God, please tell me he did not take Jackie to Waffle House. Please tell me he did not take Jackie to Waffle House. And then, and then you texted me pictures from Hawking Hills, and I was like, all right, all right, that a boy. Yeah, and if you haven't been, uh, it was. It was. We nice. stayed in uh, a cabin that was made of shipping containers. I'll send you some pictures. It was so cool. You should take the family there. Okay. Um, it's all reasonable. And I mean, just a beautiful place. Uh, she loves the fall. It's absolutely perfect right now to get out, you know, take a long hike. I think we ended up walking about 13 miles uh, wow. yesterday. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Of course, with me, you get lost. That's just the way it goes. Um, what do you mean? I like to take weird, you know, lefts, rights. You know, she's very like, oh, let's go this way. She'll, she'll definitely get off the beaten path. Okay. She knows how to get back. I'm like, hey, babe, just enjoy it. I got it. Well, and you don't, an hour, you don't got hour it. extra. Mm -mm, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No. I always tell her, he's like, I'm a survivalist. A lot of times I love training and doing those things with uh, military guys. But I said, you're the one that's going to keep us alive. Let's be honest. If there's ever an apocalypse, Jacqueline, that country girl is going to come out. You'll keep me alive. So, yeah, it was yeah. a blast. That's Appreciate awesome. That. That's awesome. You got it. Happy birthday, Jackie. It's a great time for birthdays, too, by the way. My son, Teddy, had his birthday, Jackie's mm -hmm. birthday. Uh, my birthday coming up in not uh -huh. too, How not old too are you going to be, sir? Oh, God. Here we go. 4 20... zero. Four Ooh. zero. Yep. Old man. Hey. Old man. As long as you don't act it or look it, 
So, so true story. My wife was making fun of me relentlessly for this. Um, I was conducting an interview and I'm in my kitchen and we have this piece of carpet in front of the the sink that kind of moves. And so I go, you know, you know how you just like walk around when you're on the phone. It was the house was empty. The kids were at school. Abby was doing something. Um, So I just kind of like lean back against the, the kitchen counter and out goes the carpet. And I like saved myself by reaching back. But like the way I did it, I screwed up my back and shoulder. Oh. And I said, Ab, I'm officially an old man. I got hurt talking on the phone today. Um, <laughs> it was just, just pack it in. You man. Got like, hurt I'm done. On the phone. I injured myself talking on the phone. There's no, uh, there's no coming back from that. And it's you can't the, go to the doctor. Oh no. No. Could you imagine? Well, I mean, you hurt yourself, sir. Well, well, she, she's a nurse. So it's like <laughs> going to the doctor. You just get, oh, yeah. she's also my wife and loves making fun of me. And I made fun of me too. I mean, I deserved every ounce of it. So does she, does she have a nickname for you when you do something stupid? Nothing that I can say on the podcast. Okay. Well, I'm called Henry. So really? Henry? Yeah. H- Henry McHenry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like my alter ego. I hear that a lot. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very well. All right. Let's get into some baseball talk though. As, as much as we can make fun of me for a long, long time, but, um, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers in the World Series fort. I did not have that one on the bingo card. I didn't have that one anywhere. Maybe the Rangers, maybe. Um, but I still thought Houston was going to prevail. I thought there was too much experience. The middle of that lineup I thought was just too darn good. I was wrong. Um, and I certainly thought either Philly or the Braves would wind up there. I did not see the Diamondbacks. And I don't, I don't think anybody else did either. But just you know, seeing this World Series matchup, what are your first thoughts? I'm blown away, to be honest. I, I didn't no. see either one. And, you know, maybe I should have paid a little bit more attention that Bochi's the manager. That that, that does play um, in a big way, especially yeah. this time of year, the way you use your pitching, the way that you can kind of talk to your guys. I'm sure that really helped Texas. But as bad as their bullpen was all year, I, I just didn't see it. And I definitely didn't see Max Scherzer coming back. Uh, I should have mm-hmm. never bet against him. Um, but letting him come back, I think, think, gave that team a jolt, even though they lost the first one. And then he came back out. Now he's ready to go. You know, I think yeah. he can go four or five innings in the uh, World Series, maybe pitch twice. He was up to 94, 95. He looked really, really good. So they're a different team. And then the Diamondbacks, if you're a Pirates fan and you're not absolutely ecstatic seeing the Diamondbacks in the World Series and you know doing what they're doing, you should be. Because yep. in my opinion, we could easily be as good or better than them going into next year with our talent. It's just they play a different brand of baseball. You have to accept that. That's what they do. That's how they've – been able to win because they have a lot of ways to score, a lot of ways to get you out, and they play incredible defense. Yep. I mean, I look at that fort, and that's the most encouraging thing to me mm. is the style of baseball they play. And I guess also like how they built their roster. I think there's a lot there because, I mean, a lot of their guys are either smart trades or draft picks. They're obviously True. not big free agent signs. I think Mad Bum's still their highest paid player. Yeah, I saw that um, today. It's wild. No, nobody's even close. Um, I mean, that's all stuff as mad as people get about the Pirates – one of my comebacks or like when, when I debate this with people, there's nothing that's stopping the pirates from doing that. And like, trust me, there's a lot of people who have their professional futures tied up into this going well. They're not there, you know, because Bob Nutting's running a con. They're not there because the pirates are some like fraud franchise, which is, you know, what your most hardened disenchanted fans want to say. Like they want to just be mad about whatever. Like, no, there's a lot of scouts, analysts, uh, cross checkers, whatever, 
you know, their, their professional futures are riding on the Pirates finding the right guys and developing them and turning them into major leaguers. I'm not saying they're going to do that. They might screw the whole thing up, but like, I guarantee you that they're trying. I guarantee you that they looked at what they've done in the past. They've changed it and they're hoping the outcome is different this time. And it might be, I think it's still too early to judge, but Again, I, I did a piece, I don't know if you've read it, anybody watching or listening to this, I would point you to postgazette.com, sort of linking some of the similarities between the Diamondbacks um, and even the Rangers and the Pirates and what, what sort of how it plays with the Pirates. But in 2019, Astros had, I think, seven of the top 75, or they had seven of the first 75 picks. Um, you know, to me, that's like the Pirates in 2021, where you end up with five mm-hmm. of the top 100. Like, those guys have to hit. If those guys hit, you're going to have winning baseball. Now we're still TBD because some of those guys are, you know, Lonnie White Jr. is going to be in Double A. You're going to have Solomato, Bubba Chandler, and they're not quite there. But you know, anyway, it's a long way of saying I don't think there's anything preventing the Pirates from doing what the Diamondbacks have done. And when you look at the Major League roster, Mackie, what do you see that is the biggest difference? I, the one thing, just to kind of give you what I loved about the Diamondbacks is their unity together they embrace the chaos i'm sure it came from jeff banister it's one of his yeah, sayings i um, absolutely that. love it yeah and just the way that they talked about each other next man up mentality that one heartbeat all those i would even say hurdleisms that have been advanced to a different degree yeah um this is a team you can tell is player centric i mean one thousand percent you could tell the phillies were too um phillies pretty much ran their team and that's a different type of uh, player-centric team. When you look at the Diamondbacks, you see a team that's led, but it is player-centric. And I, I think that's a special team. So that was the big takeaway I have. And what I think is the next huge step is an identity for the Pirates. I was kind of wondering what you thought the separation actually, was between the two. I actually go to the baseball stuff more. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not discounting anything you're saying. I mean, Yeah, you yeah, know, that's why would I figured that you would have – yeah, I thought you'd have a really cool look at the baseball side. Well, and I wanted to look at that team aspect. You know, it seemed like they were just on a different level. To me, I look at Major League Baseball teams and say, you don't have to hit a ton of home runs, mm-hmm. but you need to do other stuff well. Mm-hmm. And the Diamondbacks catch the baseball extremely well, like exceptionally well. They're they're reliable and they're, you know, exceptional going above and beyond um, defensively. Anchored by a very good, probably a gold glove winning first baseman, by the way, which I think is very important. Um they control and, and catcher too, right? Yeah, right. Moreno. Their catcher came up what midway? Yep. And yep. took Throws off well. Mm-hmm. And to, to another point, like they control the running game. They run a lot, they run efficiently, they don't make outs on the bases, and not a lot of teams steal bases on them. Um, to me, that's a huge part. They they do all of the things that should be attainable for a team that doesn't spend a lot of money. And what I mean by that is strong defense. Um, they're pitching has been extremely good. I mean, you go back and look at their bullpen since, I don't know what the marking point is, but roughly the beginning of September and then through the postseason, I mean, it's been absolute nails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gallon, Kelly at the top of the rotation, and, and that's not just it. Like Brandon Fat or Fought, I keep saying Fat, um, <laughs> Brandon Fought um, and, and what he did. And there, there are other guys there, like pitching depth, quality of pitching. That's stuff the Pirates can do. That's stuff the Pirates have done. They need to do more of it and do it better, certainly. Um, but that's that's the stuff that grabs me. And I, I say, like, I don't think the Pirates will ever be able to play a brand of baseball akin to what the Phillies have done. Like, they're just never going to have a lineup that has Bryce Harper, Nick Castellano. Not that many teams will, 
you know, Kyle Schwarber or whatever, like the, the, the boppers in the middle of there, like it's just, it's, it's a pipe dream, but they can play better defense. They can run the bases better and, and did run the bases pretty well. They should have a catcher who can control the running game, that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think they're part of the way there. Um, I think their clubhouse chemistry and the stuff you're talking about is, is partially there. I think it's mm-hmm. a different flavor of it. I think it's probably more motivational and team serious um, you know, like band of brothers type stuff. And I think it's probably a little looser with the pirates right now, but I think you're seeing some of the, some of the, um, what like leadership tenants or something like that. You would, you would say some of the like personalities growing, be they Andy Rodriguez or O'Neill Cruz or, or whatever, you're starting to see some of those guys find their voice. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I do think that when you start con- constructing our roster going into next year, which I know this is going to segue right into add to heart, um, you see a team that could be really, really good. Now some things have to hit, like you said, and that, that you cannot speak on enough. Things have to go well. Um, I think with all the injuries that we had this year, it's, it's just created more depth for us. More guys get our opportunities, more depth happens. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality. And I think that's huge for us. And I think the last thing is what the Diamondbacks had this year that I thought was really interesting is they took chances on sending guys down figuring some things out and then send them back up very similar to what Triolo did and some other guys on our team. And you can't be scared to do that. And the only yep. way you cannot be scared to do that is you have really good players in triple A and in double A that can come up and whether they do damage or not, they get experience. They have a great placeholder and then they can get back down there and you can bring up your guy again for, you know what I think, and this goes to the Rangers too. Something I think that is identifiable with most teams that win and that the Pirates need to do a better job of if they're going to win, is finding really good producers from nowhere. Um, Adolis Garcia. Men. Adolis Garcia, twice DFA'd, is the best player in the postseason right now. Right. Merrill Kelly's playing over in Korea, and the Diamondbacks get him. Like You never know where you're going to find those guys. And we've seen the Pirates you know, do a lot of waiver claims and, and grab a lot of guys and take a lot of chances. And you know, to be honest with you, they haven't really hit on anything. I mean, they've had some guys for some performance, some pieces, but you know, like they need to, some of those chances that you take, they need to click, like you need to supplement that. And I guess the other thing I would just add is the drafting. Um, A lot of people get mad about the pirates coming out of 13, 14 and 15 and, and think about like, what happened? Where did this go? Um, You know, and they want to bring up payroll. Like I, I usually counter with the drafts. Look at how they drafted coming out of those years. Like it's just not good enough. Yeah. You opened my mind to that. Cause when I was playing, I wasn't thinking about it. No. But no yeah. I mean, you, you, you really been. opened my mind to, yeah, they, they swung and missed a bunch. Yeah. Um, they, they, and they took big swings and, and you, you can't miss. And if you do, you, you have to be really good down the line. Right. And they weren't good down the line either. Yeah. And I mean, making trades, you know, these teams have made generally pretty good trades and the pirates, you know, didn't make good trades before. And frankly, this current regime has made some trades that aren't very good. Um, you look at like the Clay Holmes deal, or, you know, even at this point, Jamison Tyone, I think Joe Musgrove, I don't, I, I can't really argue with that one. The Josh Bell trade has not been good. Um, so I, I don't know where all of that lands when it's said and done. And I'm probably missing one or two more, but, you know, again, I look at a small market team going from, or, or a smaller market team, I should say, um, going from 100 losses to the World Series. I mean, you got to do the small market stuff well. So anyway, 
Um, if we talk a little bit more roster construction for it, this is a little bit of a, a hard left turn, but it's something you and I wanted to get into. Uh, hey, Miguel, I want to I want to ask you one question. Off a little, no, what, no, yes. no, no, no. And no. I think you I think you'll appreciate this. <laughs> okay. The last last podcast we talked about Neil Huntington. Yep. And his entire reign as the Pirates GM, he didn't win. And then all of a sudden he's winning. And do you believe that a lot of times small markets, when they start winning, maybe they should hire some extra help or find a way to keep that sustainability in a different way? Because what you've always known is completely different now and it's always harder to stay there yeah. than it is to get there. Yeah. Like I mean, what, I, what, what do you see from your perspective? I think the Rays do it right, man. Mm, I think the Rays they do, do an really, awesome yeah, job yeah. of that um, where they – they move guys up and they, they obviously they do it internally. Like if you look at the succession of their like GM president, um, who's gone where um, Neander Bendix, like these guys, they generally stay within the organization and bump guys up rungs and then like bring in, you know, shift people around. Like you don't have a lot of outside change, meaning the people in charge of these things generally understand how the processes work. Um, and I think, I think fans, when they they hear like spending on processes or worried about processes, like they think that's BS. And I, I don't blame them. I mean, it's certainly easier to hear. I, I could argue that the the advantage of a, a bigger market, the processes are way bigger than the players. Yeah. Yes, they are. I'll argue it till I'm blue in the face. And I could prove but it with L.A. Yeah. Well, L.A. does a phenomenal job of doing both. Exactly. And that, that but you know, it's because they're a small they can, market team that spends like exactly. crazy. I mean, it's Amen. a win-win. Yep. Yep. But I mean that like, it makes sense. It mm -hmm. makes sense. You're, you're basically purging other organizations for players that they don't value enough. You're finding ways to improve your own players, be it through scouting analytics, coaching, all this stuff. I mean, it's real. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's something the pirates in the past have not done a good enough job of. It's a, it's, it's stuff that they've gone to great lengths to revamp. Um, and in some ways I would argue they fixed it. Like you don't go, you know, what, five games over 500 for more than two months, you know, by accident. Right. But they've, they've got some good young players. They've got some good young players that, you know, they've acquired a variety of ways. Um, and, and to me, like this is stuff the Diamondbacks have done well too. They've drafted well, they've acquired players well, even internationally. I mean, these are all areas that they're not negotiable. If you're not going to spend, you need to excel in these other areas. So do you, anyway. do you, do you know when you know a team has hit a really special place when people continually leave to a higher, higher uh, role in another organization? Yeah. And I mean, you look at, I always think about Alabama, some of the best head coaches and mm. in, in, in all the football come well, yeah. learn the processes, do some things, do their specialty make that team better and then leave. Yep. And that you, you see that in Tampa constantly. Yep. You, and you see that in a lot of different other, you know, other places like it just happened in Milwaukee. And I think once we see some of those things start happening in Pittsburgh, we know, you know, a lot of thing a lot of things are in a great place and we're going to continue to grow. Yeah. So that's where the process processes to me are really really important. Does that mean you are thinking that the Pirates are going to lose a member of the coaching staff to one of the managerial openings? I mean, I know, whole, I know Andujar was next, but yeah, this is also openings. something we were going to talk about. Right? Well, I heard Jason Mackey. Is that a name I heard? Thrown yeah. Around? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. According, it's, it's, according to sources, 
Yeah, it, it's wild. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. My Have you ever seen Six off. though? Six. Six. There's six right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's it's like a hot potato, man. They just pop up. It's the same guy at every, you know, every managerial, and it's guys that rotate in. I do hope Mike uh, Schultz gets it gets an opportunity. He's well, a he's great next man, man up in San Diego, right? Uh, rumor has it. Yeah, rumor has it. But uh, Bob Melvin's running saying, out of teams in California to manage. By the way. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever seen someone do what he's about to do. I I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. That's gonna yeah. be different for me. Oakland, San Diego, San Francisco. Yeah, That's yeah. An interesting journey there. It is. I didn't see the Dusty Baker thing coming either. Maybe I should have. I didn't either. I, I I don't really go into the visiting clubhouse much, but every time he he's there, I try to get in and say hello. And um, I did this year, and man, he seems so joyful and. Hmm. I, I didn't see it coming either, and I'm sure he'll stay in the game in some way, maybe a special assistant or something. But I was talking to Hurdle recently, and he said he had to sign a contract with the home team. Hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool, and he's still getting to do a lot of the things he loves. He just doesn't get to manage. And yeah. there's plenty of opportunities out there, obviously, right now, and I'm sure his name will be thrown in a hat. But, you know, I think sometimes you just say, I think I need to slow down a little. So it's kind of yeah. cool to see. No doubt. No doubt. What about Donnie Kelly? Yeah, I, I'm I'm honestly, especially you brought it up right before we got on, is that Houston job. You know, somewhere you've played is always, you know, maybe speculation that you'll go back. And, yep. you know, with guys like Ryan Flaherty, name being thrown around, I thought I'd see Donnie Kelly's thrown around a lot more. I mean, there's a lot of younger guys, you know, either my age or just a little bit older that are being, you know, put in this mix. And Donnie's been in the league as a coach for quite some time, multiple different roles. And I mean, he's beloved throughout the league. So I wouldn't be surprised to see his name. I haven't heard that he's gone for any interviews or if he's even ready. So um, we'll see. Yeah. What about you? I don't think it's going to happen yet. Um, I think I'm. he's going to manage in the major leagues. I believe that. Um, I feel like we would have heard a little bit more hubbub, like his name would have been out there probably for Cleveland that would be a good spot for Donnie to interview. And I don't think it's because Donnie's incapable, uh, quite the opposite. I just think that, you know, the pirates probably haven't done the thing yet. Um, and I think when they, when they surpass 500, make the playoffs, do something like that, the people on staff are going to get a lot of shine and, and deservedly. So, and so like, I look at it for next year, if they're competitive, if they sort of meet the goals they're setting for themselves and, and, you know, they become the Marlins or even the diamondbacks, what they did, you know, make a little bit more noise. I think people are going to take note of who's on the coaching staff. And that starts with, you know, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't think Don Ke or uh, Derek Shelton's going to be interviewing for other managerial jobs in that case, <laughs> but, but you'll see a Don Kelly, a Mike Rebello, that sort of thing. So I think it's a, a matter of time. Um, I was a little surprised again, because of what you said about the Houston Astros thing. He was their first base coach. I think highly thought of uh, by a lot of people there, uh, but have not seen him as a candidate, did not see his name surface uh, in the Cleveland situation. So in due time. Absolutely. And I, I hope they want to see it through. Yeah. You know, like I, I think they did get some taste of what they, what they want to do and they want to see it through. And then, you know, whatever have you after that is, is fine. But I think it's cool that maybe they just all want to see it through. Cause I thought I'd see Rebello and Donnie Kelly. And I've always said Andy Haynes will eventually manage in the big leagues. So um, yeah. those, those guys really stick out to me of, potential guys that could go somewhere and either do a different role, a higher role or be a manager. 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, I buried the lead on this one for a little bit. Um, we are brought to you, as always, by the North Shore Tavern. I also have a, a quick story about the North Shore Tavern. But uh, if you love baseball, you will absolutely love this place. The interior is wall-to-wall pirate stuff. There are appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone. There's also a really good maple bacon chicken wrap, by the way. Um, open every day, the North Shore Tavern, across from PNC Park, is Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. So I went over there for lunch today. Uh, I met a, a – bacon. Yeah, maple, maple bacon. bacon, dude, it's sick. It was in uh, like a street corn pasta salad. That's what I got for a side. I always get fries there. I love their fries, uh, but switched it up a little bit and just a, a fantastic combination. Yeah, maple bacon chicken wrap with uh, all kinds of stuff in there, onions, arugula, whatever. Um, absolutely rocked. I met a reader emailed me um, and have some stuff in common, some like ties to Westminster and whatever. But uh, he said, I'll you know, take you out for lunch. You say anywhere you want to go. I said North Shore Tavern. So um, very enjoyable. Um, sorry to have buried the lead on that, but I think people know our affinity for that. Anyway, no, onward. no, you're just throwing a little wrinkle in it. Yeah, like a little it. bit. Keep yeah. keeping everybody on their toes. I yeah, guess I like, I like it. All right. So we've kind of gone from the the small market stuff, the John Kelly stuff. We teased the Anduhar thing a little bit. Let's get into that. One, what were the Pirates doing this past season? And I'm not sure there's a great answer for this. And two, what do you see the future looking like for Andujar? I don't know if there's a great answer to that either. But, um, I, I have my my feelings, but I'll let you tackle it first. So first, let's, let's have some background on this. Okay. So we we pick him up, and I, I'm excited. I think you're excited. I think the town's excited because we know this guy has had a track record of success. Injuries, second, second in rookie of the year voting to Shohei Otani. Yeah, and that Not guy's pretty. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that guy's pretty good. Um, I played against him. He hits the ball extremely hard. He's very athletic, um, bigger than you think, and he does things that some guys just cannot do. And that's his ability to put bat on ball, his ability to hit the ball hard every time he hits it, almost. Um, and you could see where hey, he could really fit in. I, I didn't like the right-handed power bat at PNC, never do, but he's a guy that could be a potential person you could put in the middle of the lineup. If he finds a position, obviously he's not going to play third base. I thought he played really, really well in right field for us. And then also first base was an option that I thought with time and opportunity, he could be very good. Here's the thing. He went down to AAA, and that's exactly what he needed to do. He needed to play every single day, get every, every day at bats because everybody will say, Oh, he's only had one really good year. Well, yeah, it's because he played every day and he wasn't competing for his life or playing on an injury or, or, all those things that happen when you're trying to survive in the big leagues, which is often forgot about, especially by fans and coaches and administrators. They forget how hard it is and also how hard it is to play when you feel like you don't really have a spot. And that's exactly what it was this year. He went down, obliterated the baseball, played good defense and was a team leader. And I think he proved to himself more importantly than even the team that he was, he was the guy he thought he was. And then he came up and I thought he did extremely well with limited playing time, limited opportunities. If you take away those last, so why did he play more? I, I, I cannot explain that because he was getting paid. He was one of our top 10 highest players, yeah. highest paid players on our team. Um, he went to arbitration and we paid him to rake in AAA. And I thought it was because that's exactly the plan they had originally is where can we get this guy every day at bats, see if it comes back together. It did. And then we didn't have a spot to play him. Yep. And I thought he could be an answer, you know, at first base, he could be 
an incredible answer to float around and be a platoon guy, but I, I just don't know now. And I, I do know what's probably going to happen. And he's probably going to get designated because he yeah. doesn't fit at all. You're not going to pay a guy 3 million bucks next year. Um, that doesn't have a position that's going to compete with Kutch. He's going to compete with Henry Davis's bats. We just don't have the bats to go around, but I think he could have been special. And I don't want to say we're, we're going to regret, regret it, but we could. This has that smell. It does. This has that smell. It does. Um, so I'll track back the way you did for it and, and go through my feelings on this. I have no issue with what was done. He should have been sent down when he was mm -hmm. sent down. He was terrible up here the first time. Um, the at-bats were ungodly. I think he hit like 036 or something over his last 11, whatever it was. Um, I didn't understand why they waited until September 1st. Um, I, 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 still, I still don't. Uh, for the reason being that I would have liked to have seen a larger sample size. Um, if he stinks, he stinks. And then at least, you know, um, I, I'm looking, you know, as you were talking, I'm pulling up the number of games and plate appearances that they handed out to Connor Joe and Alfonso Rivas at first base mm -hmm. and 275 plate appearances, mm -hmm. 78 games. Mm -hmm. um, why? Why? Like we know what Alfonso Rivas is. Um, and should not be part of this team. Um, and that's nothing against he, Alfonso Rivas. It's just yeah. like you should be shooting higher. And you know, I didn't you know why he was be able to make your team. He was confusing from day one. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I didn't. I usually can find something. He wasn't good defensively all year. Uh, well, he, metrically he, he was. Yeah. Metrically he wasn't. I. I I didn't even think he was metrically good when you, when you look at it. I mean, compared to what they said, like when you yep. have a standard of Santana, yep. it, it's hard to say we got this guy for his defense and oh yeah, he's raking. Well, he's raking on the moon. Yeah. He's playing in Albuquerque and that play or uh, El Paso. That place is like playing on the moon. So really inflated numbers. Uh, I thought he did have some really good moments, but yeah, he didn't fit to me, especially when yeah. we had other bats, other places. And I wish Indy would have at least gotten those first base of bats or yeah. our boy Adar, because it would have been nice to see what he could do. And I would just hate to see him go to somewhere like Cleveland and hit 25 homers next year. Um, yeah. So that's my concern. Um, the way I see this going in the future, I think they're going to non-tender him. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see, you know, his arb number comes back over to, I think it's 2.2. I want to say this is his third time through it's that to me, that's just not an expenditure that makes sense. I mean, I guess you could, I guess you could, there's nothing stopping you from, from keeping him. But I mean, at that point, you're going to bring Kutch back. You're going to have Henry Davis. You're going to have uh, Connor Joe, and then you're going to have Anduhar. You're going to have four right-handed hitters that are all sort of the same, you know, after the same stuff. Um, you know, I, it, would, it would be the greatest thing of irony, wouldn't it? Where like they would bring back Anduhar and set him down at first base. Like he wasn't good enough to play first base when he was on the team. You could have found it out. Now we're going to like take the gamble and say Miguel Andujar is our first. I, I hope <laughs> not, but you never know. I've seen stranger things with this team. Uh, but even bringing him up in September, like there was an opportunity to get way more data than they got. Uh, maybe they had their minds made up. I don't know. Um, it certainly seemed like that, but it just it, it it reeks to me of a situation where they not tender him. If I'm Miguel Andujar, there's no reason I would come back to the Pirates ever. Like I'm gonna you know hold out hope. I'll sign a minor league deal with somebody that might treat me differently, or I might go overseas and go to Korea or Japan or somewhere, yeah. mash for a year, and then like go at it again in 2025. I'm not sure, but.
but it just it it scares me um, that there's this guy that they had under con and, and we've seen it all over baseball. They didn't get the most out of them, and somebody else will. And I just I worry that's what's going to happen here. Yeah, th- there's going to be too many opportunities for him, and and better places for him to get a chance to play. And he's still going to make the money. It would be a surprise at all to see him get non-tendered and then get a big league deal. Um, you think so? You yeah. Think another club yeah. will give him a big league deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how competitive his market will be once the market kind of shifts out. I mean, you look at the free agency market and there's some big names, but that's big money. And once that big money's gone, you're going to look for that diamond in the rough and he's going to be a diamond in the rough in his prime who just put up the best numbers. And you could argue all of minor league baseball offensively. So he's proven it, give him a chance to come into spring, you do his thing. And even, if he doesn't play well, if he's with a big market team or a market that can handle a little bit, they'll just send him to AAA, non-tender him, bring him back up just like we did. Yeah. But it'll be for like two million bucks or one point eight or whatever have you. But yeah, don't be surprised to see him somewhere, you know, getting an opportunity, especially at the big league level. Okay. We got two more quick things to get to. Before that, though, I want to tell you about the Great Yinzer Tailgate. Brings the best of the Berg to South Point on November 4th. Showcases Pittsburgh's rich halter halter culture iconic sports history and vibrant community spirit the great yinzer tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make pittsburgh legendary you can visit the great yinzer tailgate.com for details i would encourage you to do that by the way it's a fantastic thing shows a bunch of like art and layout and it's a really neat event uh basically like a yinzer literally a yinzer tailgate at a convention center with like you know should make you feel like you're downtown uh but anyway uh that's november 4th so i got two things for it one I want to know what you're – well, we'll do the Cabrian Hayes thing first. Does this ultimately – Defensive Player of the Year, uh, according to the Fielding Bible, uh, which is a runaway winner at third base, it says yes to me, but does this mean he's winning a gold glove finally? It should. I don't see how he doesn't at this point. Yeah, the only the only question I have is if, if he's going to have a platinum right next to it. That's yeah. the only question I have. I I, I felt mean, what, that way. What would the hold up be? Why would, why would it not be a platinum? Uh, there, there's some arguments that you could maybe pick one or two other guys, uh, if if you look at it deep enough, but yeah, Yeah. he's, he's, he's special. Um, you know, I think if you take that, well, if you take his whole year in in account, like they have in the past, cause you know, that no, a little bit of offense always trickles in No defense. Yes. No. Staying on the field matters. Um, cause some of the guys have really, really good numbers, but they weren't on the field quite as much. So we'll see. I, I hope he does. And I think it's going to be a rinse and repeat for a while. Very similar to what yeah. Nolan Arenado has done for some time now. Agree. I'll co-sign that. I think that means platinum glove, gold glove, uh, bronze glove, copper glove, whatever kind of glove he wants, just give it to him. Uh, it's that impressive. So, okay. You have one wish for the off season, my friend. The Pirates are going to do a lot of things when the World Series ends. Stuff's going to be lifted. Moves will be made. We can only hope. Give me your sense of just the one thing that Michael McHenry wants them to do. Wow. One, I got one. And it's reasonable. I don't mean like, you know, trade for Mike Trout or sign Otani or something ridiculous. I mean like in their wheelhouse, you've mm. won in their wheelhouse. Fort was not prepped on this question, by the I way. I wasn't, I mean, there, there's a name I wanted to bring up to you, and I didn't know this was coming. Um, but I, I need a pitcher to to throw out there for my number yeah. one. But 
Kevin Kevin Kiermaier is a guy I'd love for them to sign. Really? Um, and I'll explain why. Okay. Kevin Kiermaier makes Henry Davis so much better um, automatically. He does exactly what Kutch Kevin needs. Kiermaier, wow. Um, yeah, uh, the best defensive outfielder, I think, when he retires of all time is, is what Kevin Kiermaier is. Okay. With our huge left field, I think his opportunity to come in and be that roaming outfielder that we'll need and, you know, get still get 300, 400 bats, but play almost every day. I think he could be special. He's a, he's a leader in the clubhouse. Uh, he does some really, really cool things. And what he did for Corey Dickerson is where I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, he went from the worst outfielder I've ever played with all the way down to little league to a gold Four glove quarter. winner and in, in Pittsburgh. He knows that, um, yeah. But he knew he could be better. He just had somebody in Kevin Kiermaier. And I was out there. I was learning how to play outfield in the big leagues at the same time as a opportunity to possibly make that team. And Kiermaier just poured into me as like like he did Corey. If you were there, he was going to give you everything he had, and he thinks outside the box. Now, how do you juggle playing time with Reynolds and Sawinski and you Henry? You don't. He's coming there to do exactly what he does, and that's yeah, play defense. he's going to play. He's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play all three outfield positions. First time in his career. I mean, but so will Reynolds and Sawinski. And how Correct. do you play Davis? Do you play like, you know, right, he's, he's right, got, center, left, this left, is where center? He's got, it's like midget league. Nope. This is where okay. he's got to he's got to catch some. It's going to make it's going to change your team dynamic. But I think bringing in a quality defensive guy. If we don't get him early, we're going to get him late. Interesting. Um, but that's not my my dream. My dream's a pitcher, and I just can't think of a a name that we. Off the top of my head, because I've floated so many. Yeah. Um, so you go first. Who who would All you right. bring in? I want a pitcher, and I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty. I'll keep it. Man, simple. he was top five. That was really good. That was really good. I'm. I love Jack Flaherty. Um, yeah. I'll go I lefty. Yeah. I think the attitude's right. I think the leadership's right. I think the stuff is right. I think he needs an opportunity. He needs confidence. He needs something to run with, almost like AJ, like the right situation. And I think you've got a guy like Flaherty. If the top of your rotation is Flaherty, Mitch Keller, and Oviedo with Paul Skeens on the way, and I would hope that they sign another guy, um, and you've got some reinforcements like Velasquez, Brubaker, Burroughs, um, well, theoretically, Vince, we don't know that for sure. Um, I like that a lot. I really do. I mean, but if the, if that's your top three to start the season, I'm a big fan. I will. What's the left-handed pitcher in Detroit this past year? Had a really Edu- good year. Eduardo Rodriguez? That's my guy. Oh, okay. since you took Flaherty, because right. I I had I had Giolito on my on my mind. I yeah. had Madison Bumgarner on my mind. Believe it or Giolito's not, Giolito's very high for me. Yeah, very high. Yeah, my dream okay. dream. If you want, if you want to know my dream dream, is Blake Snell signs in Seattle, which I know oh. he wants to do. <laughs> okay, and we trade for one of those lightning bolts over there. Oh boy, and we have we have we have another uh, a sta- sustainable asset that can pitch in the big leagues immediately with just electric stuff. Cause they need, they need a G one bait. They need athletic versatile players to make their team better. And, uh, and I can see that happening. G one bait, get out of here. You can't, if you get Kevin Kiermaier. Oh, what the, he's got a 600 OPS for it. Where's he going? Uh, 628 career OPS. I wouldn't say he was the whole deal. <laughs> You got to throw some more love in there, but yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of love in there, but Seattle a just seems to be able to like, Robert I don't know what they're doing. I think they're cloning guys out there. Maybe it's yeah. a genetic experiment they're doing with pitching, 
they just like, oh, we'll trade our closer. Boom, a hundred out of the bullpen. Yeah. They trade another guy. Boom, another hundred out of the bullpen. It's remarkable. So I wouldn't mind them consolidating some of the fringe minor leaguers that I don't think have a great opportunity here. A group of which Bay would be one to acquire something. That would be fantastic. I think yeah. it would be very smart. But like you said, I I don't think a Bay can't be it. You've got to sweeten the pot. I mean, yeah. we're literally talking about a 628 OPS. He's fast as all get out, but the defensively in center field, it's been eh. defensively at second base. It's been worse. Um, some mistakes on the bases. So anyway, it's not to talk about G1 Bay, but yes, as long as they address pitching in some form or fashion, and I think they will, I'm good. I love the Flaherty. I, yeah. I love that one. Um, right. I think it's really, really good. What about, I got one more for you to think about in a trade. Um, the young kid, I'm bad with names, uh, with the twins, first baseman, he's never gotten a real chance. Um, he's from the Pittsburgh area. Oh, Kirilov. That'd be a great trade for us. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. So I like a lot of the twins are going to give up on that. Uh, they kind of already have my opinion. They, they, they keep running away from him. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well. We shall see. It's a long off season. Um, a lot of stuff to do. I know we wanted to get in a little bit more off season talk. We won't. It's a weird period. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we, we've been at this long enough. We don't need a, a 40 plus minute podcast in the off season. And we're going to do it every week. I know. We're going to do it every week. So we'll, we'll, no, be we'll be able to get more into it. it. Um, but it's a weird time. Just not a lot of transactions and stuff. I think that'll, I mean, obviously for, for reasons, you know, teams are bound to, you know, not do a whole lot, but I think that'll change. Anyway, uh, like, subscribe. You can check out all of our content every week here as Fort Mention pitching in, uh, brought to you every week, of course, by our friends at North Shore Tavern. There's stuff for uh, Steelers, Penguins, Penn State, Pitt, you name it. We have it on this channel. For Michael McHenry, I'm Jason Mackey. Thank you for watching, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Good stuff. Aye, aye. Always. Nice work, um, sir. Are you going, are you by chance going to winter meetings? Yes, I definitely will. Okay. Why? You? Uh, I'm debating about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay. So, um, Why? I don't know. I've always wanted They're to like, go. Okay. Oh, like, why am I going to go? Uh, yeah. Why are you debating? Why are you going to go? What, what? That's, that's, that's where I want to put my focus is the thing. So like, um, I'd probably shadow some. So okay. I, I don't know if I want to ask if I may ask the pirates, uh, someone with them, but I would call Colorado shadow them a little bit and then nice. shadow, maybe an agent or two. And then also like, I'd love to kind of wander around with the, please the crew. Yeah. See you. And then if you're there, maybe even do some podcasting. Yep. So, yep. Interview I love and it. Stuff. So yeah, just, I was wondering, um, North shore oh. nine asked me too, if they're going, they're going actually too. So two of them are, Yep. But yeah. So if I'm going to.
Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, if I can, if I can help in any way, let me know. You're welcome. Yeah. To uh, we'll hang out. I'd love it. We'll Absolutely. Podcast. I'd love it. Yeah. And oh, it's in so. Nashville. So why not? Yeah. You can, you can give me a tour. Actually, I know my way around decently well. Yeah. It's such good food though. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that's good to know that, that kind of increased my, you know, maybe chance yeah. of going. Dude, you should absolutely do it. That would be fantastic. All right. Done. Talk to mom about it. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Oh, Here's and um, yeah, tell Jackie. I, we're trying to make it so Abby goes. Um, that's not final, but like we're we're hoping to have it. Abby and I have talked about it as a trip for us. So if that influences Jackie, I don't know. But well, yeah. A couple and, trip. Yeah. Well, that will definitely have an influence. Okay. So cool. All right, buddy. I'll talk All to right, you. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.